Hello and welcome to the Engagement Coach Podcast. Welcome to the Engagement Coach Podcast with your host Amrit Sander. So today I'm really privileged to welcome a guest onto the show who I read a quote that said something about her focus is driving innovation on behalf of the customer. So this person's uh, fantastic in the world of fashion retailing, has got vast amounts of experience and without stealing any thunder from her, I'd like to welcome her to the show. So welcome Fiona Lambert. Thank you very much for joining us. So Fiona, um, many people will know who you are uh, in the world of fashion retailing. And for those who don't, would you mind just doing a quick intro of who you are and, and your, your career? I shall be as brief as I can because it's been a long career, over 35 years in fashion. So uh, I came from a family where dressmaking and tailoring was uh, in the blood. And uh, I wanted to go into fashion at age 11. So I studied fashion, did a degree, did a degree in it, uh, started at Next in the very early days and worked with George Davis, the founder. So when he left and started Georgia Asda, I went with him as a partner, which was an amazing opportunity. Uh, worked with him for 10 years, so uh, got a real bug for starting a fashion brand. Uh, then after 10 years, I went to Next as their women's wear director. I, I wanted to step out of my comfort zone and challenge myself. I was there for seven years. And then um, at that time, George had lost its way a little bit. Uh, uh, so I was invited back as their brand director to sort of give it a new DNA, refine its purpose, which was a fantastic challenge. And I also got to launch George Home. Um, I then had um, a brief stint where I tried my uh, tried my arm at food uh, just for a year and then realised uh, that I had to do something I was really passionate about. So uh, I actually, um, maybe we can touch on this, I chose to leave rather than do something that um, I didn't love and enjoy doing every single day and have a real passion for. Uh, I did uh, two years at Dunelm uh, on home as their product director, reinvigorating their brand proposition to get new customers and then had a bit of a dream job recently working for River Island to start new brands for them. Um, and um, I think you know the situation as well, Amrit. Recently, because of COVID, uh, the investment has gone. So I find myself in the unusual position of um, looking for a new role now. But actually, I'm excited about the challenge. Fantastic. What a career. Um, and, and you know, for many of us, if we could achieve that in a whole lifetime, that would be something. Um, you spoke about passion um passion something very close to our heart you know we talk about it on our website imagine if people brought their passion to work um what would you say were some of the highlights highlights of your career that you really stood out for you that resonated with that passion i think i mentioned um getting to start a new brand with george davis who is uh, probably the you know the most uh, inspiring person i've worked with in my career uh, he founded Next, he founded George Asda, and then went on to found uh, Peruna, which um, was sold in M&S. So, uh, you know, a real uh, creative person, spotted gaps in the market. And I think I do look back on that as something that was, you know, right, real seismic change in, in my career, uh, getting to start a brand new brand. And uh, it was exciting. There was no blueprint. It was the first clothing range sold in a supermarket. So, uh, you know, it really was starting something, you know, that was a brand new concept from scratch. And because it was a tiny team, uh, you could see really quick results. I learned about being brave. I learned about being courageous in what you do, taking risks. Um, and uh, as long as you've got the customer at the heart of what you do and you do it with passion, 
you can learn as you go along and you, you are bound to make mistakes but that's actually the, the half the fun of it and, and um you know inspiring leadership it's a really interesting point um I mean, you yourself have won a number of awards for a women, a woman in leadership, um, inspirational woman in leadership, um, and you've had the chance of working with some inspiring leaders. Um, it's an interesting paradox sometimes when you look at leaders, inspiring leaders. They've got a very, very clear vision of where we want to go, but especially in the field you're in, which is all about creativity and innovation, how do you balance that really strong vision of here's where we need to go and taking people with you? but also allowing a space to be creative where people can flourish and bring their, their creativity and innovation to, to the, to what you're doing. How do you balance that? A very good question. Um, I think it does always start with the customers. So the thing about being a creative and someone who's looking at forward trends is you, you do have to take into account what the customer wants and try and predict what they want ahead of them wanting it, which is a little bit of an art. Um, but I do it by constantly being curious and whether it is talking to customers, finding out what's going in the market, looking at other retailers that might be in completely different fields who, uh, are, who are about innovation. And then actually trying to paint a picture for people about where this vision is going uh, and a, a vision that's backed up by uh, common sense and some facts as well. Um, and that way you can convince both creative people and um, more numerical people actually about why you would want to follow that vision. Um, and I think uh, if, if your vision is clear and it is based on the heart of what a customer wants, people do believe in it. And um, I think part of my role is about painting a vision that people can believe in. Um, and they understand where you're going. And I think that way creative people can follow that um, and be inspired by it. Yeah, great. I mean, it, that that's one of the biggest challenges, I think, for having a clear vision, knowing where you want to take people, but then allowing people to bring that uh, element to the table. Um, the world of, of work is changing a lot, um, and we see it now. And, you know, when you were in George and in, and, and in Next, these were... Um, startups, I guess, that were forging new ground. Nobody had ever done what what these organisations were looking to do, and um, it would have been you would have been working in a period of real uncertainty. Is this going to work? Is this going to? Are we are we crazy? Are we doing something that people haven't done before because there's a reason for it? It it doesn't work, and and here we are now. We find ourselves immersed in a period of huge uncertainty. What? learnings could we take from those times there where there were no guarantees in life to where we are now and for those people who are starting up maybe or thinking the world around me is going to change completely how do I adapt and change you talked about you know the, the, the agility and the, uh, are there any learnings you might be able to bring that from what you took there to what we might be able to apply now well I think the current climate is actually accelerating some things that were happening so businesses that weren't changing or were slow to change um, and weren't reacting to changing uh, mindsets of customers were starting to tr struggle. Um, for example, you know, it's probably well documented the struggle that the department stores are having. Um, and I think certainly the current environment will be make it even harder for some of those businesses to survive. So I think any business that carried on trading as it was doing um would struggle and i think big businesses in organizations that don't allow for people to innovate 
and try different things um, will be in difficulty. So I, I think the businesses that will survive or even new businesses that start up are ones that are prepared to challenge the status quo, uh, try different ways of retailing, uh, be really empathetic to what the customer is feeling. So I think the um, kindness that people are showing, the community that people are feeling at the moment, uh, the return to local, um, actually um, the experience people have and probably a more personalised experience if there was you know, less people out shopping. I think being empathetic and feeling what the customer is feeling will be the way that retailers will survive. And, you know, the leaders will have to demonstrate that empathy. And you know, leaders demonstrating empathy is a critical part of again what we what we focus in on because we've seen you know both when I worked at Best Companies, the Sunday Times Best Companies in in data, how critical leaders are to organisations. Um, the environment leaders create is really important. Now, um, I'm going to I'm going to admit uh, when I so we didn't know each other originally, um, but I knew I felt like I knew you because I'd attend. With my time in Asda, you'd stand up and present the latest ideas and 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 fashions of of what George was was doing. And I always walked away thinking, "Wow, what an amazing leader!" Like you just happen to be a woman, but what an amazing leader! Because the way you led your teams and the way they followed. What um what advice would you give some of the leaders out there who themselves are trying to come to terms with? The world around them but yet they've got to lead a team they've got to keep inspiring a team and energizing them um, in a period of uncertainty what, what advice would you give leaders individually to say what do, how do i get through this fiona how do i deal with this i think one of the things that has really helped me um hopefully become a better leader is an absolute acceptance of what are my strengths um, I think I had a bit of a turning point as a leader where uh, I realised that actually to try and be a leader in the mould of other people who who I'd worked with um, wasn't going to work for me. I, you know, I didn't have the same skill set as them. I was a very different person. And recognising that my skills were about um, people, product and passion, if I say, you know, what is my legacy? I'd like to think those are those three things. Um, and making all of those, you know, 1% better every day if I could do that. Um, but bringing on other people who and work with people who complemented my skills, um, being prepared to learn and show humility that actually, even though uh, I, I know I've got that skill set, there are fabulous people who I could help develop and recognize actually a team of people who, who challenge me uh, is, is good to have around. So I, I think um, leaders who can accept that they are not good at everything and let other people bring their skills uh, into the business and really challenge them are um, hopefully successful leaders. One of the other things we, we really like to focus in on, um, you know, lots of people say that they want to be a learning organization, but part of learning is um, being able, you talked about the word courage, you know, being courageous enough to say, we don't know what the next steps are going to bring, but taking learnings from them rather than assigning them as being failures or successes, um, again, throughout your career, either personally or, or at, at a corporate level, what was your greatest learning, would you say, on your journey that you've been on so far that, that you walk away thinking, we didn't expect that? You know, were there any key learnings that you can identify? 
That's an interesting one. I think one of the things about being in the world of fashion is it is not a black and white art. So um, although black is always in fashion, but um, the so I've had a career where actually every decision you make is never going to be 100 percent. So, you, you you know, you're always building a markdown rate because you're, you know, you're, you're not going to get every trend right. You're not going to get every color right. You're not going to buy the right amount of every line. So I was brought up in a in a career where actually you had to take risks and um so it might have when I was a junior or trainee buyer be a risk of well which button do I choose is it the right button uh to you know as I as you become a a, a leader you'll have to make decisions that you know cost millions of pounds and I think you make all of those decisions knowing if you if you go into it knowing you're trying to do it with the best uh, information uh, you're using, your experience, forward trends, uh, you've got good people to ask counsel of, but you're going to make a decision. And it's better to make a decision and make a mistake than not to make one at all. Um, that is how that is how you're going to come across those things and overcome them. Um, you're going to learn from every, every single uh, decision you make. And I always, after I've done anything with a team, sit down and go, okay, let's summarize what went well, and what could we do better? So everybody walks away knowing that actually it was okay to make some mistakes. And I've always admitted that, but with what were the lessons we learned from it? You mentioned your legacy, people, product, and passion. Um, again, how did you focus on as, as a leader with a clear vision, with such an agenda, yet trying to create an environment where people are creative and innovative, um, being their best? How did you focus on developing people? How did that, how did you have time to do that? Because, you know, again, I've read a lot about um, what you've done and developing people is a real passion of yours. Um, how did you fit time in for that and, and make that happen? You know, for being such, such a, a, I guess, a, a, a very intense environment, very fast moving. How did you make that happen? I think it's, uh, it's interesting. I, I do actually think it's a passion of mine. I mean, my mum was a, teacher amongst other things and so uh my parents always brought me up giving me lots of options about things I could do if I was faced with a decision but allowed me to make the decision knowing I would learn from it and I, I think hopefully I you know developed that sort of confidence and uh, ability to take educated risks by being brought up like that I have discovered probably while I've been working that I do enjoy watching people develop. Um, I do take real pleasure in it. Uh, and I've taken chances where I can, and I've been very fortunate to have coaching, to share any lessons I've learned and watch other people blossom. And as I've said, it's it's incredibly rewarding. And any team you work in, and actually, I, I, hopefully I help invest in time, not just in developing my team, but other people. But if you develop your team, they're only going to help you and your business that you're working on. So I, I, I cannot understand why anybody wouldn't, wouldn't want other people to be the absolute best they can be as well. But you talked about creative people needing, I think creative people tend to be um, possibly more sen sensitive, more emotional, and that is why they are good creative people. And I'm, I know I'm a funny blend of somebody that's done both art, but also you know, um, management as well. But I hopefully can see 
how to uh, really bring out the best in creative people by uh, letting them, they won't necessarily always get to a point straight away. They might have to experiment a bit more, but you know they have to do that. As I said, it's not, uh, fashion is not a black and white art where it's, uh, you know, it's a, a, a set of numbers you're going to add up and get the right answer. There will be an amount of experimentation, uh, some mistakes, but actually something beautiful will come out of it because it's not uh, something that's really definitive. It's something uh, that's really imaginative. There's going to be people who are forging their path in fashion because that's their passion and uh, the future generations. Looking um, back on your career and them looking ahead on theirs, what advice might you give them about what lessons you've learned and what you might be able to impart in terms of knowledge about what they should focus on, look out for, be careful of? If you were to meet yourself, your younger self, when you first graduated, what sort of advice would you be giving yourself now? I think being permanently curious is something I'd always encourage, whether it's about retail and, like I said, you know, looking at other industries as well, uh, but curious about meeting people. I think when I was younger, I used to think networking was a dirty word, uh, but actually uh, I think it's part of your job and meeting people, learning from people, having the actually having the courage, because I think that's one of the things people sometimes lack is to have the courage to go up to somebody and ask them a question or reach out to them on LinkedIn. I mean, I, you know, I, I use LinkedIn a lot and speak to people. And most people genuinely want to help. So um, I think just being permanently curious because that is how you're going to work out what's coming rather than what's gone. And uh, be, you know, being, re being really open to learn. So Fiona, we've talked about innovation and creativity. But thinking at a, an organizational level, um, what got us here won't be what gets us out of this. And so clearly organizations are going to need to adapt, but not just at a product level, but also at a, an organizational strategic level, but at boardroom level. You know, you suspect boardrooms will need to diversify much more. You know, in the past, it's been a tick box. We need to diversify and we diversity and inclusion. Now more than ever, there's lots of evidence that says how much it drives innovation and creativity. Um, what advice or, or uh, observations would you have about the diversity of boardrooms and how we've been doing it versus how we need to be doing it going forward? Well, as you mentioned, I've, I've been involved a lot with um, women in leadership. And as you say, there's been a lot of talk about diversity on boards. I think what's interesting, um, as boards are recruiting, uh, they often recruit in their own mould. So you will find very similar people who, who talk the same language sitting around the board. I think what will come out of this current situation is, is a real need for diversity of thought and diversity of skill set around the board. So it won't be suitable to have people who just sit and talk about operational um, logistics. Um, you will need to have creativity, innovation, and real empathetic thinking around the board. So I, I do think uh, that hopefully will bring more diversity and people will look out for those skills to bring and sit around the board so that uh, they are more looking to suit the new retail environment where, you know, this... 
this situation, as I said, has changed how people are going to shop and how they think about others. So um, that empathy is going to be really important around a boardroom table. It's a really interesting point. One of the things I think this this whole environment has brought to us is a level of authenticity. The veil has come off in terms of how we used to work and the tick boxing we used to go through to say now if we're serious, this is what we need to do to change. And we do need change. And people are after this honest approach that says, I want what you do to really resonate with me. So uh, it's a really, really interesting point. I think um, um, I, I, I completely agree that we, we have gonna, we're going to have to get very serious about diversity, inclusion, innovation, creativity, um, if we're going to make the difference in the world going forward. And you also mentioned the word kindness. I think, um, you know, we're going to be able to create a kinder society, a more in tune society to people. We have to change the way we think. So, yeah, brilliant. I, I just want to say thank you, Fiona, for your insights, for um, sharing uh, everything you've shared. You've been on an amazing journey. I've watched you and admired you from afar, uh, your journey that you've been through. And I'm sure there's so many people who will resonate with that. So it's just really nice to get to know you more, your views uh, and the insights you shared about where you think the future is going to go with leadership um, and and your your legacy of people product and passion along with the curiosity that you demonstrated that that you know has allowed you to to be where you are now so thank you very much thank you Harry. it's been a pleasure to speak to you so that's our podcast for this week with our fantastic guest Fiona Lambert please look out for our podcasts out every week and we'll have more guests joining us where we will be prodding and poking and probing into the world of leadership engagement and everything to do with the employee experience at work I'm Ritz Under from The Engagement Coach. I will see you soon. Take care. The Engagement Coach Podcast.